Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook, and it is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing, inspiring guest today, I always like to start with a marketing tip of the day and then also a self-care tip of the day. So this particular client really got me onto Clubhouse. I don't know if anybody um, who's listening, whether you have an Android or an iPhone, I think it is only an iPhone app right now. But if you are not on it and you have an iPhone, definitely get on it. Like, and use the smaller groups to get on, get yourself networking, introduce yourself. It allows you to grow your following on Instagram, like huge, if you maximize on it. Um, So the marketing tip of the day is if you have an iPhone, get on Clubhouse. To all my Android lovers, um, I'm sending you love. I just, I don't personally have an Android, so I can't really relate to that, to be honest. But I know your cameras are pretty legit, so I'll give you credit for that. (laughs) So outside of the marketing tip of the day, um, let's talk about self-care tip of the day. So my self-care tip of the day is I am... By the time you listen to this podcast, I'll be back from vacation. But I'm really excited to take some time off and uh, travel. Um, I think a lot of people you know, feel hesitant right now with COVID. And my advice is, is like, we only live once, like do things, do things that you wouldn't normally do, take chances, all the things, um, because you deserve it. And life is short and it's really important to, you know, try things that you wouldn't normally do because you just should. Life is meant to be enjoyed and not to be stressed about. I mean, I think I can explain, I can give firsthand experience, but I've been working like a dog since COVID started. And like, I just needed, I need this mental break badly. So if you're feeling that and you're going through that, book a little weekend getaway, do something for yourself that you would normally do because you deserve it. That should be your mantra for the week and always. So who is my amazing guest today? I am so excited to bring on the amazing Diana Stellan. She is an award-winning educator, fashion designer, and landscape artist. She has worked with such amazing clientele from all walks of life, including a special celebrity, which we talk about on the podcast. So I'm so excited for you to get to know this rock star, her inspirations, all the things she's doing, and so much more. So stay tuned for the amazing Diana. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody, welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Diana Stellan. She is a professional landscape artist, fashion designer, and an award-winning educator. Hi, Diana. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you. You are doing such amazing things in the creative space. So why don't you tell us, you know, first of all, like, how did you fall into the world of art? It is kind of a loopy story, actually, because um, when I was a little girl... I was dreaming of being a fashion designer. And then my family moved from the former Soviet Union's Republic of Moldova, which very few people know, but it's right next to Ukraine, if that helps. And um, I was 13 at the time, and we moved to New Jersey. And my mom, knowing that I have this interest in fashion design, started doing all this research because she knew that I would need some sort of a portfolio for college. And she found an artist And he said that, oh, she needs to learn how to do everything in order to be a fashion designer. So I started taking classes with him and it was literally everything from portraits to landscapes to still life. 
um, nothing to do with fashion design. So when the time came to actually apply to FIT, which is where I wanted to get into in New York, they looked at my portfolio and gave me this really weird face and said, hey, you don't even know how to sew. But then I applied to all these art schools because I had this really killer portfolio and all of them took me in, gave me scholarships. And that was kind of a sign from above uh, saying, I guess this is where you're going now. <laughs> and then 20 some years later, this little vision of being a fashion designer hit me again. And I decided to give it a go at the age Love of 40. It. And to like our audio listeners, like your Diane is wearing one of her beautiful outfits right now. I love the top. So pretty. And the necklace too, right? This is, no, this is something that I commissioned from a beautiful, beautiful jewelry designer. And she does an incredible job. So I kind of came up with the idea. I saw it on someone, saw something similar. And I really loved that contrast of textures and shapes and different metal colors. Um, so it's silver and gold. And it's actually a dress I'm wearing. I know your audio listeners won't be able to see it, but yeah, well, it's uh, kind of we'll, like a trench we'll dress. Pictures, like on the blog, they'll see the blog. We'll upload pictures of the outfits and stuff. So creative and so fun. So tell us now too, like, what is the difference from a creative mind, like from an artist to a designer? Like what outside of sewing, like what are the actual other things that you need to know that you didn't know that you had to do? Oh my goodness. There's so much. And it is such, um, a huge world out there because as an artist, all I need to do is literally just buy a canvas and some good quality paints and off I go. Whereas with the fashion industry, it is a much, much more complex system uh, because there is technical drawing involved. Like you actually have to know the figure and how to measure the figure and then not screw that up as the first thing. And then you work with people who are manufacturing this for you. And there's so many little areas where things can go wrong. Um, and then there was this whole additional aspect because of course, being an artist and not quite being that happy with the prints that I see out in the market I wanted to use my paintings as inspiration for fabric prints. And I thought that should be easy enough to do. And of course it wasn't <laughs> because, uh, because things are very different on computer screens and in real life and they don't line up the way you envision them to. So that was a huge back and forth process. And it is just so incredibly, I think people don't give credit to the amount of man hours it takes to produce a single garment and how complex it is, um, time consuming and expensive. And we just sort of assume that things arrive here from China and we are uh, buying them for, you know, whatever we're buying them for. Uh, but it is such a complicated world and, and it's not, and it hasn't been easy because of COVID because I anticipated all these focus groups and trunk shows and really giving people a chance to feel how soft and exquisite the fabrics are and to have them see how different the print is and none of that happened. <laughs> um, so it's um, it's been quite a learning curve for sure. Yeah, but look how far you've come with it. It's like so inspiring to watch, you know, like 
you just keep expanding. And I think that's a beautiful thing to do as you learn. We all learn as we go in our businesses, right? I mean, that's the best teacher. So tell me about too, like what inspires like the artwork creativity of the designs and also the fashion and do you combine it? For my painting practice, it is the outdoors that inspires it. I just think that there's such a connection that we have with nature and we tend to forget about it, especially when we've been living inside of our little cocoons for so long. Um, but there's just something so powerful about being outdoors, about smelling whatever is out there during different seasons, listening to birds chirping. I'm so excited for spring to start and all of those smells, right? Yep. Um, and I mean, every season brings something different, um, but also traveling and just finding joy in adventure and allowing yourself to play. I think we so rarely let ourselves just be out there outside playing and feeling like we're a little kid again and we're exploring the world. And that's really what my painting is all about. Um, I, I focus on landscapes primarily, and it's getting more and more involved in terms of the different experiments that I've been doing with adding in wax and then adding in gold leaf at the start of this last year is when I started doing that as well as paper additions. And it creates these incredibly layered and lush pieces that are just shimmering in the light and are so restorative to be around. Like to have them in the space just makes you go and gives you a chance to breathe out and, and feel grounded. Totally. But also feel like you're there. Like I did one of your virtual galleries I wish I could be there in person, you know, with COVID, not everybody can do that. But like, it just was so beautiful. Like you felt like you were in the nature with all the, be like, I just couldn't even believe how much detail goes into the work. I was like, mind blown, to be honest. It's so, yeah, impressive. it's at least, um, it's at least three to five layers of different paint and gold leaf. And I, I love the fact that it's layered because it gives the viewers a chance to see like all the different stages of things and, and what's involved and then gives me a chance to play around with how transparent things are, how opaque they are. Um, you really feel like you're entering into a different space. So cool. And now what about the fashion line? Fashion line also stemmed from travel. I am very inspired by... We love traveling as a family. Um, so going around the world and noticing things that people in different corners of the planet are into. We actually were kicked out of the Venice Carnival um, in February when COVID started. And that was so, so inspirational. It was a dream of mine to, to get there for the carnival for years and years. And I just... I'm thrilled that we had a chance to experience it. Um, it was a bummer that it ended early and with COVID and stuff, but um, but still. Um, and then just every city kind of has its own energy. And, and I've just been noting things in a little um, traveling sketch pad for, for years and then wanted to recreate them. I love it. So let's now lead into your amazing Venice project you're working on with like the live art experience. Like tell my listeners about what you've been working on with iPhone Women and Kickstarter and all the things. 
So the Venice project, it's, it's getting more and more exciting as I am working um, more and more on it. And I've actually been proposing it as a potential interactive exhibit in a number of museums, because I think it would be just such an immersive way to look at art and experience art um, for kids and adults. Um, what it is, it consists of a number of large scale paintings that are wall size, like monumental paintings. And they are not just paintings, but they're also kind of like treasure maps. And each of them would have clues that as a virtual listener all of this year, um, and then as an in-person vis um, visitor, whoever makes it to Venice in 2022, you get to roam around the painting um, or the city and find clues that then lead you to learn more about all of the cool things that make up Venice, like the floods and how it is so incredibly unique because of its geography, how it was built, um, the carnival uh, and the costumes and the masks and how that originated the different art periods like Byzantine art and how it influenced Venice and the Renaissance. And um, so just there's so many layers of history, sociology, geography, art um, that and, and crafts that only exist in Venice, like glass blowing and those amazing Murano glass chandeliers and all kinds of things, as well as lace making there's just, it's endless. Um, so the paintings kind of offer glimpses into all of that. Um, and along with the paintings, there will be a couple of outfits that are inspired by the carnival. And every workshop, every virtual workshop will not only have a little story, but an actual art making activity. Um, and I just love the fact that it combines all of my different hats and strengths because I just, I love educating kids and adults. Um, I am constantly leading workshops for, um, for both kids and adults. I'm doing two this week, um, next week for Google. Um, awesome. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what, um, like, so that those types of classes, like what are the themes? Like, like if people wanted to reach out about that, like what would you instruct and what does that look like? For Venice specifically or in general? No, in general, like what you're doing with Google and things like that. Like if companies are listening that like would be interested in something like that, like what does that look like? That has been super, super popular during COVID times because what I do is I lead people through their lunch hour in an art making activity, kind of like it, it's all beginner level. Um, so nothing too, too stressful, stressful, but at the same time, it's not like paint night where you just follow along and uh, are doing, uh, what's, what is it called? Like number, um, painting by numbers type of thing. Um, you actually get real drawing and painting techniques and everybody's creating their own thing. And at the end of the class, they're typically people who haven't really done art since elementary school. And they thought, you know, the first thing that they hear from them is, oh, my goodness, I have no idea why I signed up. This is going to be so terrible. And then I was just talking to someone this morning who took a class of mine and he said, you know, my little thing that I did is still hanging on my fridge, which I'm really surprised about, but I want to do it again. <laughs> um, so what it does, it 
gives the other side of your brain a chance to rest and reset and kind of look at your life and problems from a different perspective. Um, and it is just so reinvigorating and re-energizing to do that during your lunch hour. And I think more and more companies are trying to do these employee wellness programs, um, especially in the times when we're working from home and it feels like you're never stop working. I love all of these things I'm learning from you today. It's so cool. <laughs> so also too, you're doing summer camps for kids. Let's talk about that too. So can you talk about how that works and like for listeners that are local, like, or even are you doing virtual option, like share all the things? We're, um, we're going to do the in-person option this year, just because there's been so much Zoom in our kids' lives um, throughout last year that I just, I, I can't, <laughs> for the sake of my own kids, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't see them be on the screen for three, even three hours at a time during the summer. Um, I, I want them to be outdoors. And that's what this camp is about. It's um, outdoors half the time. There is a dance class every day that kind of gets us up and moving. It's not me. I'm not a dance teacher. Um, there's, a, there's another um, a studio that I collaborate with that's right across the street. And we do a mix of all kinds of different projects. Um, there's free draw at the end of the day, every day. And our theme this year is traveling around the world through art. So we'll focus on different continents like Aboriginals from Australia and Africa and South America. It'll um, it'll be a little bit of everything. So learning about um, art and art making and anthropology at the same time. So so what is anthropology? Silly question, but like I don't think I know. <laughs> it's um it's learning about different cultures and how they see the world and how they um, adapt to their circumstances, like Aboriginals, right? It's um, extremely, extremely hot in that part of Australia where they live. So they're very used to just sitting quietly without moving at all and communicating without any language, communicating solely on an intuitive level. And they have a completely different set of beliefs about how the world came about and they have this amazing communication with animals. It's so amazing um, to, to be learning it and to really see the world through their eyes. And I love when kids get to experience that. And I have one of the old um, instruments that they've had. Uh, my cousins live in Australia, so I got to visit a while back and brought back a didgeridoo, which is a huge musical instrument that they use and they build out of eucalyptus bark. And the ants, um, termites actually like eat out the bark and then they fire it up so it doesn't have any ants left inside. Um, and, and it's an amazing musical instrument that they're now started using in orchestras all over like classical orchestras. Um, it's pretty cool. It is really cool. I'm just like learning so many facts today. So thank you for all this knowledge. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us too, regarding like the art world and your business, like how have you been forced to pivot your business? going virtually? Well, the very first thing that we had to do was um, stop the in-person classes for quite some time. And the one thing that suffered severely in terms of my business were the in-person adult classes, because adults that I have been teaching would typically be moms who wanted to have a space, a safe space to have a little bit of a break from their daily routines and just have somewhere to be 
once a week that's away from their families and relaxing and re-energizing and learn at the same time. Um, but with COVID starting up, the weeknights got very, very tough because kids are at home and they're constantly at home and there's no good way to really schedule that in. So that aspect of the business had to completely go away, um, at least for the time being. We did, we did virtual summer camps for a little bit last year, but the in-person ones were a lot more popular. Um, and the same thing is happening this year because camps all over are still limiting capacity. And I have been limiting things to 10 kids per week. So it's, uh, there, there are a couple of weeks that are already sold out. Um, and it's beginning of March. So the other thing that I have done more of, I love going into people's homes and, and assisting them with figuring out how to make art stand out or how to make their spaces stand out through art because art really completes the space and creates these conversation pieces and just makes it into a very restorative environment to walk into. Um, and I had to do that through Zoom <laughs> because, um, and it's it's a little trickier to do it through Zoom because somebody has to, you know, walk around their whole house with their phone and, um, but it's working. It's, you know, we all adapt, right? Totally. Um, those are, those are the major shifts, I think. I, I appreciate the transparency. I mean, it's so, it's such a, and we're all pivoting as business owners right now. So it's really important to talk about and acknowledge like no one's alone in this, you know, like we're all being forced to shift, but you're doing great. So I just wanted to give you a pat on the back for that. So can you tell us, let's talk about like fun facts about Diana. So what was your first painting you ever did? Do you remember what that was? Um, and who was it for? Was it for yourself? Like, tell us. <laughs> So it probably wasn't the first one that I ever did, but I was, when I was taking classes, I've always been looking for models and the easiest model that I could find was a sister, my sister that I was sharing a room with. So I did this really cool portrait that I still love of her sleeping. She was, I think, taking a nap during the day, or maybe she <laughs> was just up a lot later than I was. And it was just the sweetest portrait that I absolutely love. Um, and then what got me into doing what I'm still doing, which is painting landscapes, is my teacher taking me outdoors to different parks around New Jersey and just forcing me to paint on plein air, it's called. Um, there's a French term. And I just absolutely loved it as a teenager. And I still love it 20 some years later. And it just energizes me and I hope it energizes others when they, when yeah, they see this. Definitely I think it does. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, it just makes you feel like you're there, you know, like that's so valuable because just like you said, it's a conversation starter. Like I never even thought about that. It's so true. When you walk into a room, like you do talk about what's there, like if it stands out to you. So I love that. Um, also to you. Which, um, yeah. I, even on the zoom screens, right. Um, like I, I make sure that I check out everybody's background when I'm talking to them on Zoom. And if there is a gorgeous painting behind them, that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to ask, you know, does this have any significance to you? What is it? What's it of? What does it um, signify in your life? And it's just such an amazing way to show your personality, I think, um, to have art behind you and um, show what matters to you. 
I love that. Love that. And also too, I learned this fun fact about you about that Kanye West got your artwork. So please share that story. That's so cool. <laughs> so uh, Kanye was one of my gallery clients, uh, one of my first gallery clients. And I, um, after college, I was petrified of the whole myth of the starving artist. So I went into the gallery world instead and worked my way up to um, to manage galleries. And I started one up on Newberry Street. Um, we then opened one in Palm Beach, which was quite an experience, and New York. And just out of the blue, one, I think it was around Christmas one year, um, a couple of guys walked in and started asking me questions about the art that we had in the window. And I didn't really think much of it because I had no idea who Kanye West was, what he looked like. Um, So I was just treating this as some, you know, two guys walking down the street. Um, And then he was um, asking very particular questions about this Jeff Koons sculpture that we had. And I didn't, not knowing who he was, I started asking, well, are you involved in the arts? And he said, yes, but on the music side, I'm like, oh, where'd you go to school? And he said, I actually dropped out. I'm like, oh, that's probably not a good sign. Um, But then he proceeded to give me his email, like his personal email address and became a client, like a a huge client over the years. And but as that was happening, the girls in the back were just hysterical because they knew exactly who that was. But they didn't want to and, tell you because they were like, let's just see how Diana reacts to this conversation. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So that obviously, like, so did that open the door to like a different area of clientele also, like when that happened? Or like what basically like allowed you to grow in your business of the gallery stuff? I think it did. Yeah, it was. um, I realized that we all are a lot more similar than we think, especially those people who tend to gravitate towards art. Um, We all understand each other on an emotional level, regardless of what we might be doing and what industry we might be in. And there were tons of folks. I think it definitely helped that the gallery was on Newberry Street. And of course, everybody who visits Boston, they have to visit Newberry Street, right? Um, And it it was just a fascinating world to be a part of. Um, And it's funny because I'm getting, um, I'm sensing myself sort of getting back into it, listening to clubhouse conversations, because I'm part of a lot of rooms where gallerists and artists and museum curators are mingling. Um, and it just feels like I'm right back there. I love it. So what is the goal for you as a, you know, as an artist, as a designer, like over the next year, like, where do you see yourself? I see a huge, incredible, interactive museum show, museum installation, that could be a mix of my painting world, my fashion world, I could lead educational workshops for kids and adults that are going through it. I just really see like this very immersive, almost theme park-like experience that is centered on art and Venice. Um, So I've been doing a lot of research and actually applying to um, a bunch of museums with this idea. Oh, cool. I'm sending all the vibes because I want to be a part of it. I'm inviting myself. (laughs) Sounds freaking amazing. It sounds amazing. I'm so excited for you. 
So, okay, before we play game time, how can people inquire for artwork? How can they support your campaign, summer camps, all of the things? <laughs> uh, so I have an umbrella website, which is just my name, easy enough, uh, dianastellan.com. And that should lead them to all of the different initiatives. They can see the Venice campaign on there. They can click and get to um, the schedule of our summer camps and regular classes. They can see the new spring, summer line that's coming out for my fashion line. So it kind of has a little bit of everything. And um, yeah, that should be a good gate to get them into. I love that. And then before we close out, one other question. What advice do you have to up and coming creatives that want to get into the art world or want to get into the fashion world? What is some advice that you wish you had known early on? I think the fact that the myth of the starving artist is just a myth and there will be fear of rejection. It's part of the game and fear of judgment and, you know, all kinds of internal blocks. But the important thing is to just be bold, be courageous, and just keep going. Uh, because the more little steps you take towards advancing, the bigger they're going to be in the long run. I love that. It's all about sticking it out. It really is. Yeah. And also, yeah. Diana is huge on Clubhouse. She got me to get more comfortable in Clubhouse. So social media handles, share them, share them all. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, pre- I mean, my, my name, um, is what I've been using. So on the clubhouse, it's Diana underscore Stellan, um, would love to hear from your listeners and to co-moderate rooms or have them in some of the rooms. Um, one of the rooms that I'm considering since I'm such, um, a travel buff is figuring out what's going to happen with traveling post COVID and, what we are thinking of doing and what the travel industry is doing to prepare, because I think people are so antsy. And as soon as we get vaccinated, everyone's just going to go like everywhere, all over the place. Um, And, uh, and I'm active in all kinds of, like I said, art rooms, uh, mindfulness, productivity, creativity rooms, um, educational rooms. Um, My Instagram account is also just Diana underscore Stellan. Uh, what else do I have? I have LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, and that's probably a good... Diana Salad and you'll find everything you need. You'll find everything. There's lots of, yeah, lots of press, lots of videos, um, other podcasts um, that I've um, participated in. So yeah, just Google. Love it. Love it. Okay. Are you ready for game time? There's no rush with like how fast you have to answer. This is just a fun way for us to get to know you outside of your awesome career. So... What is Diana's favorite food? Favorite food, huh? Indian. Ooh. So what are we getting from the Indian restaurant? You know, it's it's funny because I'm pretty boring when it gets to India. <laughs> um, it's chicken tikka masala for some reason is just my classic go-to. I've tried all kinds of other things, but I keep going back to it. I love that. Love that. Okay. Very, very different and unique. I love it. Okay. What is your, if you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life, from head to toe, what would it be and why? Um, depending on the weather, right? Are we talking Boston or are we talking you know, like I'm Florida talking like type of climate? Anywhere you go. So you have to decide. Being the designer and you, you can be creative. That's why I'm interested in hearing this answer. I would wear something that looks like a jumpsuit, but it's not. So I could actually go to the bathroom. I love that. <laughs> be comfortable, <laughs> fashion forward. What kind of shoes are we wearing? Wedges. Love that. Dress them up, dress it down. Yeah. Love yeah. It. 
Good answer. Okay. If you, where's your favorite place you've ever traveled to? I think we kind of know already, but if we don't <laughs> share here and where's your, but where's a bucket list place you've never been, you want to go. Favorite place I've traveled to. I love Italy. Mm-hmm. Everything about Italy, anywhere in Italy, where I want to go. I'm really hoping that we'll get to Croatia this summer. Um, it's not guaranteed. We don't know which way the wind's going to blow. But on the bucket list as well, I have never been to Southeast Asia, and I would love to go. Love that. You're going to get some great artwork out of there for sure when the time comes. Yeah. So cool. Okay. And final question to close out the show today. If you could spend a day with somebody you have never met, dead or alive, who would it be and why? All right. So I think it would be Carrie from Sex and the City. Great choice. I love her. (laughs) Love her. Just, I don't know, it's something about her that is the epitome of style and easy, like jet setter style and somebody who's very comfortable in her skin. Totally. Like can rock anything and look awesome. Like seriously though, like she, she could pull it off for sure. That's such a great choice. I've asked this question a lot. Nobody has said Sarah Jessica Parker. I love her. She's awesome. Great choice. All right, Diana, before we close out, tell everybody again how they can follow you on social media, inquire for anything, all the things. So my website is dianastellin.com. My Instagram handle is diana underscore Stellin, same as the clubhouse handle. Would love to see you there. And Facebook, just Diana Stellin. Um, There are sub pages for my teaching studio and Gallerista, which is the name of the fashion line. But um, those main handles should get you there. Yes, they should. And everybody should follow, support the Venice um, project and all the things. So thank you so much for coming on today. This was awesome, Diana. And thank you everyone for tuning in to Becoming Next On Scene and stay tuned for who's next on scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.